Welcome to episode four of That Classical Podcast. This week, Tchaikovsky and Rachmaninoff. Hello! Hello! Welcome to episode four of That Classical Podcast. It's episode four, I can't believe it. I'm very I'm excited. Here. So, sorry we missed the week, you guys. Kelly was ill. It's my fault. Couldn't my record. tonsils swelled. Uh, and yeah, sorry about that. But we're here now. We're back. We're back. In action, yes. and this week we're going to be talking about Messrs. Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky. Yes. So, somewhat bizarrely, these are two sort of titans of the Romantic period of classical music. Ooh, and just in <laughs> giants, and just in chatting about them, we realised that even though they're both super famous, neither of us knew anything about one of them and lots and lots about the other. Mm. So, we're going to take this episode to be informative not only to you guys. But to each other, we're gonna we're gonna teach each other. <laughs> sharing is truly caring. <laughs> Absolutely. So in that spirit, do you want to start off both sharing and caring? Kelly? I would love to do both of those things. Talk um, to me about now, Mr. Tchaikovsky. If you guys remember, we said that whenever we did an episode on two composers, uh, we were going to try and give you some background into their <gasps> sort of lives. Within 60 seconds. It's time for another insanely exactly. stressful should, 60 second rundown. We should probably rundown. get like a little, um, a jingle. little jingle, shouldn't we? Like, okay. did it, did it, did it. No, that's, that's, already, that's on the copyright, mate. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 it's it's the 60 second, no, that's, second that's classical no, jingle. No, no, Vito, no, that's terrible. Uh, but, you know. That's all we've got for this episode. Oh, oh, the 60 second jingle. <laughs> Go. Um, right, it well, is. it is time in that case. Let me get my timer out. This is the the noise of a timer oh being gotten out. Oh my god, I'm out. so nervous. Um, I believe in you, Kelly. I think you can do it. Oh, you god. can take us through. This is so scary last time. And <laughs> I, I don't think anyone understood anything I said. Okay, right. Okay, so 60 seconds, <clears throat> history of Tchaikovsky. Ready, steady, go. Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky was born in a small town in Russia in 1840 and began piano lessons at the age of five, from which point he displayed an undeniable talent for music. But his parents were like, lol, how about no, and sent him off to be a civil servant instead. During the seven years of study for this, Tchaikovsky still learned piano and musicology, but all his teachers were like, meh, he's crap. So he graduated and towed the line for three years in the civil service, uh, but began to attend music theory classes at the Russian Music Society, where his talents in composition were nurtured and celebrated, dot, 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 sometimes. And in 1865, he was offered a post teaching theory at the Moscow Conservatory, whilst his pieces began to be performed publicly. Uh, he was also a music critic. Tchaikovsky had a fairly rocky personal life. He was anxious and antisocial, but particularly concerning his homosexuality, which he never really accepted. In 1868, he became infatuated with the Belgian soprano called Desiree Artaud, and they were very, they were even engaged. But then Artaud was like, I am not going to live here, goodbye. Seconds. But then he was, when he was 37, he married a former student, Antonia. Uh, but then after a few days, he was like, I've made a huge mistake, oh bollocks, and it ended in disaster. Anyway, in 1885, his music was very Five successful in Russia, and the Tsar was like, you rock, and then he died in 1893, age 53, maybe of cholera, maybe not. <laughs> okay, so my time is coming up with 59 seconds and 98 milliseconds. That is great. That is great. I think you might have botched the last bit of that. <laughs> I had to miss out. I'll tell you what I missed out. Um, quite interesting, because you know what, Tchaikovsky, like, he was an interesting dude. Okay. Um, okay. And when his music first started um, being played uh, around um, Moscow, St. Petersburg, whatever, mm. um, people didn't like it because they thought it was too Western. 
Okay. Um, and they were very much like motherland, yeah. Um, but then you know, by I guess the 1880s, people began to really, really enjoy it. Okay. Um, nice. But so he only had about 10 years of his life where people actually thought he was good. Everyone thought he was crap for so long. That's the case of loads of struggling artists. If you want it's to be a like, proper good artist, you have to be unappreciated. But it's in your like, lifetime. in a way, it kind of like gives me slight hope because he was. <laughs> I know, right? Right? That's pathetic. It's like, so but, I'm criminally unappreciated. Yeah. Therefore, I am Tchaikovsky. Yeah. But it's like he was really. He was in the civil bloody service. We've, we've like got friends in the civil service. Let's not be too rude. <laughs> I know, but then he was still. You know, he was still he made this it. celebrated he made it. Yeah. Um, guy. Um, but if you didn't, like, it's he's a really interesting dude. Like he clearly was had a very nervous disposition, and he did not believe in himself at all. Well, yeah, um, it wasn't had to sort of obviously the the fact that he's sort of now it's fairly well known that he was gay, but yeah. wasn't really allowed was, to do that. Know, at the time, so was interesting he? reading about it because um, the Soviet the Soviet Union like tried to censor massively all the proof that he was gay. Oh, so they um, like got rid of. Yeah, they just would not publish it or, you know, really contested Mm. uh, any historian um, that that said that he was. But he he was, guys. Modern Russia is so great with that LGBT (laughs) rights. What? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's Tchaikovsky. And... um, I'm so sorry if I missed anything. (laughs) 60 seconds is not enough time. You were the one last time. We were like, no, this is the format. We're sticking with it. (laughs) Um, So, talk to me about some nice tunes, what he wrote. So, (laughs) uh, the first piece I'm going to play for you guys uh, is, it's a collection of pieces called Souvenir de Florence. Um, That's French, not Russian. Um, but it basically it's called that because uh, Tchaikovsky came up with the one of the main themes of it uh, while he was visiting Florence. Hey, go, okay. figure. go figure, go figure. Um, so hey, oh, and uh, so yeah, he wrote this um, in about 1890. Again, like the, the two songs I'm going to play for you, they were very near the end of his life. So I'm sorry Remind if I wasn't. When he was born again? He was born in 1840. Okay. Um, I'm checking. Able, yeah, you can hear the sound notes. of the face. <laughs> like, I know everything off my heart. And he died, okay. he died in 1893. Okay. okay. So this was written in 1890. Uh, premiered in 1892. Um, so, guys, it's great. I love this piece. Uh, it's a string sextet. Okay, so that means there's two violins, two violas, and two cellos playing. Very good. Um, th- there is an arrangement, I think, for a whole string orchestra, but this one, I, I think, is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in D minor. Um, and it's the first movement, so it's the Allegro. And um, it, does it have a name, or is it just string sextet in D minor? It is literally string. Well, Souvenir de Florence. That's the. Oh group my god! You literally just told me what the name was. Shows how much attention I'm paying. <laughs> um, god, I'm working with amateurs. <laughs> amateurs. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's not a lot more to say about it. I really like it. Um, and mm-hmm. we're just going to play that first movement for you. So um, yeah, here we go. <laughs>
um, so the main thing that struck me about that was um, how full it sounded basically like um, that sounded like to oh, me, I know that was only like the sex pet version yeah mm. it sounded it was just a really full sound do you know I just I've been listening to this for like three days on repeat oh, really? and it just makes me think of bear with me oh god where are you going with this <laughs> A sword fight. <laughs> like, of course it does. That like main thing. Like because was this keeps... using an anime somewhere? Is no, that how you know it? no, but it should be by <laughs> by Jove. Um, yeah, no, you know this. It's so it's so like I guess um, frantic. Not frantic, but it, you know it's really so much frenzied. energy behind. It. It's yeah. frenzied, and, yeah. and every time, if you please do listen to the rest of the piece, there's um, sort of seven more minutes after that, mm. um, and you, you'll you'll see that that theme keeps coming back. So there'll be like a quiet bit, a nice little sh- cool bit, and then the da 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 like we'll come back, and each time it comes back, it's more frenzied and it's more sort of uh, urgent, and you know, mm. um, and it just makes me think of two people like sword fighting their way through a castle, or or or, <laughs> or someone at a desk very violently writing a letter, <laughs> like you know, like they're writing a letter and two people burst yeah. in the room, sword fighting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, that's just a little little insight into uh, to my world. You can never just listen um, to a piece. It always has no, to, no, like... no. That's the fun bit. Um, but yeah, I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, there's not a, a lot more left to say, but you liked it, Chris. I did like it. Awesome. That classical podcast. All right. What do you got next for me, by Mr. Chike? What I have next for you, Christopher. Uh huh. Is a riddle. A riddle. A, r- a riddle. Uh, more of a question. A question. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, when you think of Christmas? Santa. Okay, maybe like let's move towards like Germany Christmas. German Santa. No, they don't have Santa. German, <laughs> German Santa. Um, Janta. I mean, I assume you're alluding to something classical music based. Uh, yes. <laughs> Given but... the nature of this podcast. No, I'm talking about breakdance fighting. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, let's talk about Nutcrackers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> because when I was thinking about what I wanted to do this week, I thought, oh, Kelly, you can't do the Nutcracker. That's that's crap. Um, but it's, Famously not, though. It's, it's famously it's quite well crap. loved. Yeah. It's not crap. And I love okay. it. And it um, makes me think of being about five years old, uh, going to like a ballet with my nice. mum. I actually have to admit, as we mentioned at the top of the show, I don't know this piece really at all, other than like the super famous bits but you, of it. But you've you seen the Nutcracker? No, never seen it. Get in the bin. <laughs> Get in the bin. Do it now. Right now. Uh, yeah, no. Um, That's terrible. Never seen it. I know what your Christmas present is going to be this year. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Already six months away. <laughs> Can't wait for Christmas. Um, yeah, so, look, I I'm, I apologise to anyone who's sick of hearing about the Nutcracker, but I'm not. So here we go. Um, <laughs> so, the Nutcracker, it first premiered uh, in St. Petersburg in, I think it was 1892, in December, naturally. Um, and, Chris, people thought it was pants. Oh, really? People thought it was pants. Oh, and no. like and, and actually more the dancing, actually. Um but people oh, still thought Tchaikovsky's music was yeah. And okay. they called like you know the sugar plum fairy, she's like yeah. one of the main main girls. <laughs> um they called her wait, I've got the quote here. They called her corpulent and oh, no. podgy. <laughs> <laughs> Corpulent and podgy. They're like, that hasn't expressed enough just how fat she also, is. I can't imagine anyone in the Russian ballet to be the least bit podgy. No, Can you? I, mm, I really can't. I really believe in that. What's um, Russian for podgy? I don't know. That's, if you know what it is, tweet us, please do. Um, At that classical. But yeah, and people, you know, especially people hated the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, the ding, ding, ding on the Celeste. 
Um, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but I mean, look how far it's come. I saw another sort of statistic. Apparently, in the states, forty um, percent of yearly ticket revenues come from the Nutcracker at Christmas. Of ticket revenues of, you, just of all tickets across all of America. Oh, well, in, in big sort of ballet ballet companies oh, okay. in the states, that makes sense, um, which I guess, yeah. totally makes sense. Uh, sad, but makes sense because everyone just goes a bit mad at Christmas and decides it's time that's for what the they have to. Yeah, every year. Um, so yeah, so the piece that I'm I'm going to choose is maybe not um, what people would the first one that people would think of when they think of the Nutcracker. Um, I've chosen the Arabian dance. Okay. Arabian dance. Famously Aladdin, <laughs> inspired by the Nutcracker, of course. Why did I do it? Why? <laughs> um, anyway, so the Arabian dance, and this is from the second act. Just to let old Chrissy okay. here um, in on the story of the Nutcracker. Yeah, this isn't like feigned ignorance for the podcast. No, I this, think is, have no clue. this is just yeah. He's a silly. Um, so it's from Act Two. So um, the the Nutcracker and Clara, the little girl, mm-hmm. they've been transported to the land of the Sugar Plum Fairy, and it's like candy land. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they've got they're just like chilling there. So then all these sort of d- people come in, but they're sort of sweets. So you've got the chocolate from Spain, uh, coffee. Coffrey? Coffrey. Coffrey uh, from Arabia. This is the one I'm going to play. Uh, tea from China. And then, weirdly, candy canes from Russia. Are they Russian? Well, they must have been. They must have been somehow. He lived there. He knew what was up. But So I, I really love this piece. Um, I feel like it, it's, it stands out alone from the Nutcracker as just a really beautiful piece of music to listen to. Um, it's very, it's sort of talked about as being very sensual, and I guess it is. Coffee is quite sensual. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, sure. Sure, sure why not? <laughs> um, my decaf, half-calf frappuccino <laughs> latte is very sensual. I'll have you know. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, here we go. Thank you. 
Lovely. So now I know all of the Nutcracker and I don't need to go and see it. <laughs> um, I, uh, what have I done? No, you should go and see it. That is one of my favourite dancers out of it. Mm. Um, but it has so many great ones. And fantastic mouse costumes. Super. Uh, the Super only duper. reason to go and see anything. Cool. So those are my two introductory pieces to Tchaikovsky. Anything yeah. else I need to know? Ah. Uh, you know what? I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot to know, but I, the, <laughs> it's like no, I'm pretty sure we've, we've covered it all there. Actually. It's just nice, you know, little bits of trivia like um, you know the Disney film Sleeping Beauty. Of course. Um, Tchaikovsky also wrote uh, the ballet Sleeping Beauty, mm. so all of the songs in Sleeping Beauty, like da 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 da, oh, that what? is Tchaikovsky's theme, you know, that he wrote, oh. and all the you know all the things that Aurora sings like that, and uh, you know. It's nice to know these things. No, that's that they really cool. actually so what, so then took it Dis- from... Disney took it afterwards exactly, and wrote the lyrics to his tune. Yeah, I had no lovely? idea. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so things like that, and uh, his music is used everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really great. What's the the Romeo and Juliet one? Used in the Sims. Yeah, when you the old Sims when you propose to someone. Yeah, true story there. Good to know. So yeah, I hope you appreciate my my. Tutoring, Tchaikovsky tutoring. I feel full of knowledge and power about Piotr. Sick. That classical podcast. And now, Christopher. Indeed. It's your time to shine. It's your moment in the sun. I'm terrified of the 60 seconds. The 60 seconds thing is just like a <laughs> Dude, sword hanging above me. Mine was so very bad. I think you were going to be absolutely fine. Okay. I'm very nervous about three uh, all wait, into let one me get my, Let me get my phone timer So out. just to remind y'all, uh, I'm going to be talking about <laughs> Sergei Rachmaninoff, who uh, was alive a little bit, sort of overlapped with Tchaikovsky a little bit. Tchaikovsky a little wait, bit. is this already no, no, it's not. Because <laughs> this is not fair at all. Just, just reminding the lovely God folks at home. Me. All right, fine. If you want to be like that, let's just... Okay. Go straight for the 60 right. seconds. Right, are you ready? Are you steady? I'm terrified. Here you go. Right. Three, two, one, go. Rachmaninoff, born 1873, died 1943. Started playing the piano at age four, played things perfectly from memory. This was a skill he could do all his life, just really good at remembering stuff. Um, he was a famed uh, piano player as well as composer. Famously had massive hands. Uh, also a big fan of Tchaikovsky. Uh, 1897, uh, he composed his first symphony. Um, he worked so hard on it that he couldn't focus on anything else until it premiered. However, critics absolutely hated it. Also, not that well rehearsed. The conductor may well have been drunk. We're not sure. Um, anyway, after the reception of this, it was so bad. He got so depressed. Didn't really compose anything for four years. So, oh, my God. Then he had some therapy. Uh, and then in 91, wrote his second piano concerto and dedicated to his therapist. Um, oh. Russian Revolution in 1917. Uh, he wasn't a Bolshevik. Also remember the bourgeoisie. So he uh, was offered a recital tour in Scandinavia. So he was like, bye, and took his family there. 1918, moved to the USA. He's very homesick, adapted, but hung out with lots of Russians in New York and didn't really compose much. Other stuff happened. Uh, then he died in California of a melanoma in March of 1943. <laughs> Okay, so that was 50, technically that was like 56 seconds, but your three went on for so long. 58. Yeah, I was drag it out to be exactly... Oh, that was good. That was good. <sighs> wow. I mean, I've totally got way more than that that I just skipped out. What, wait, what did you skip? Come on, tell us. So it's more sort of, <laughs> going back to the piano player. Yeah. So famously, Rachmaninoff had huge hands. Massive. We're talking like crazy Big so like his, hands, like, <laughs> like what? Um, so like his his wing the wingspan of his hands like as small as Donald Trump's hands are was that's hit, how his little were like, they weren't no. exactly yeah 
exactly. So um, when I was just like reading around about Rachmaninoff, there's in like a passage in a medical journal, sort of listing all of these various conditions he may or may not have had. Big hand syndrome. Based on all these certain things, like Marfan syndrome, all these certain things. Right. And then this like really dense medical passage ends with just a one short sentence that says, "Of course, he may just have had big hands." It's like this is terrible <laughs> sciencing from you. It's like, so yeah, he might have had all oh, these things. Might have just had oh, massive hands. That, that makes me laugh. Anyway. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing I sort of wanted to mention briefly was that uh, in August of last year, so August 2015, the Russian authorities uh, wanted to repatriate Rachmaninoff's remains. So he died and was buried in California. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Sorry, what year did he die? 1943. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very slowly. Um, oh, well, that's quite recent, fairly recent. Yeah, fairly recent, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. as a matter of sort of national pride. But his descendants yeah. um, said because he was sort of in this self-imposed political exile for so long outside of Russia, and his descendants were like, nah, mate, Putin, do one. I mean, I'm sure they didn't say that directly. <laughs> do one. Do one. Get in the sea. Get in the sea, Not Vladimir. The, the sea. The sea. The, the, the sea. Russian sea. The real sea. Uh, yeah, no, so as far as I know, he's still um, in California. At large. Well, I mean, very much in one place. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> At <Anyway>. large hands. <laughs> oh no, you don't. Let's talk about some music, shall we? Sorry, yeah, my bad. <laughs> That's what we're here for. My bad. <laughs> so, the very first piece I'm going to talk about is, um, so it's called a Rhapsody on the Theme of Paganini. On a Theme of Paganini. Oh, wait a second. Is this not by Paganini then? Are you cheating? Are you cheating the system? So the theme was by Paganini. Um, and So what's the variation? A variation is when you take the theme and you play around with it. Haha. Thank you. So he wrote this, Rachmaninoff wrote this as mm-hmm. a, um, not quite a concerto, I think it's a concertante for piano and oh, orchestra. Oh, I God. <laughs> and it's 24 variations of this tune, basically. <laughs> So he plays around with it, with it, um, inverts it, flips it around. Um, we're going to listen to it in a second. I'm just going to explain to you a bit like what you're going to hear, if that makes sense, and then we're going to listen to it. Cheers, mate. Cool. Yeah. So it starts off with uh, just a very simple intro, and the violins play it. So it's originally a solo violin piece by Paganini, and so fair enough, the violins play it originally with the. Fair dues. Uh, piano just sort of picking out the main notes of it so it's just the root and the fifth so what Rachmaninoff does that's really clever first of all is he strips away all the like the flourishes around the tune and just like focuses on the harmonically what makes the tune the tune and that's what it starts off as and it gets more and more complex as you go on and you'll need to listen the whole thing's about 24 minutes long mm-hmm. um, and it just gets more beautiful and complex as it goes on so let's have a listen <laughs> Thank you. 
So, yeah, that's just the first couple of movements of it. There are 24 in total, and they all do all sorts of weird and wonderful and actually, things about it. Just so that the listeners know, I know that sounded like one seamless uh, piece, but actually each variation was about 20 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah. No more yeah. than about 20. It really rattles through them. Um, oh, yes. It's, it's pretty... It's And also, if you want to watch a clip on YouTube, it's amazing. The yeah. skill and the technical... It, so, yeah, when it gets on later. So the 18th movement... Um, is really well known actually um sort of in its own right standing apart from these variations um and what happens here is he takes that theme the bum ba da 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 dum and inverts it first of all so da, ba, ba, da, ba. something like that right makes it major da, 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 da. yeah and then shifts up a few keys. So it starts... <laughs> <laughs> um, and shifts up a few keys. So you've got this piece that you might have uh, heard somewhere else. It's sort of pretty well known. Um, and it's actually based on the... Bum, ba, da, 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 dum, Ooh, da, da, what da, is da, it? Dum. Hold on, let's listen. Because I know that piece, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I and had that. no idea it was Rachmaninoff. <laughs> oh gosh, that's terrible! I shouldn't My admit God. to that. Um, um, that's no. beautiful. That's that cool? fantastic. Yeah, really great. Yeah, really and then great. Uh, he does other things. So the last movement, the twenty-fourth movement of the piece, um, it's so as I said before, Rachmaninoff, huge hands. I really feel I can't labour this point <laughs> enough. How massive oh, this dude's hands it. were. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Um, and this piece is, I mean, it's just like absurdly complex. It's so difficult to play. So much so that he sort of allegedly, according to the story, um, had to have a drink of creme de menthe before playing it. <laughs> That's the hard stuff. <laughs> That's like saying, oh my gosh, I had to have a drink of Pims before I did that Ooh, piece. <laughs> right. Well, the point is you had to have a drink before doing it. And so this is sort of a commonly shandy. known. <laughs> Um, this wow. is the shandy but no, but that's, that is big considering that Ramanov was so incredibly prodigiously yeah. talented and had massive and hands and had massive hands uh, that's so amazing yeah. them's the Paganini variations wow that, I really enjoyed those cheers good um, right oh yeah and I love that classical podcast Finalmont Finalmente. Is that a Very word? Very good. Yeah, those know. are totally words. Tell me. So the last piece, or the second piece by Rachmaninoff that I'm going to talk Rahi. about, is um, a piece Siongi. from a setting of the All Night Vigil. Did you know that he had huge hands? <laughs> I don't think you've mentioned that yet. He had huge hands. I'm so sorry. Carry on. So these are sometimes incorrectly called his Vespers, uh, when in fact Vespers only refers to the first six of them. No one cares. I mean, I care. This matters to me a lot. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to educate you on Rachmaninoff. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah, it was fine. And you're acting like I'm a being disruptive. Child. This you're being very disruptive. Carry on, carry on. Right. So, All Night Vigil, written 1915. It's basically his own setting of the Russian Orthodox text of the All Night Vigil service. Okay. So, um, I don't know what that is, but fine. It's just the the text that they like the prayer texts overnight. So. Okay. Similar to how you have like Latin texts in lots of Roman Catholic churches. Okay, this is just got the Russian it. text. Roger that. The prayer text. Acknowledged. <laughs> um, so before we have a listen, um, just want to point out basically just a little feature you should listen out for. So uh, Rachmaninoff is really famed for his super dense textures, both in his orchestral pieces as well as his choral pieces. So this is an a cappella, unaccompanied choral piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got these super super dense textures like all the way brownie. through, like a brownie. But 
there's so you can carry on with the, the simile. But, oh, I'll do it. Carry on. But there's really clear sense of individual melody coming through. So there's a soloist, there's a tenor soloist, yeah. and his tune comes out really clearly, but also the individual block parts, so the basses, the altos, the sopranos. Have you got your simile got, ready? I'm so sorry. I've got to say it before I forget. It's a magic cake. Have you ever heard of that? It's a sponge with three layers, or like different Whoa. layers. The lowest one is a dense, like, like, like un- almost uncooked cake. And the middle one is like um, a light sponge, and then the top one is like, like a f- like a flan or like a like a mousse. You heard it here first, ladies and, and gentlemen. And that is this song. It's that a magic is... cake. You're welcome. <laughs> Unprecedented <laughs> in-depth analysis of Rachmaninoff's music. It's like it's a, a three-layered cake. Sorry. Let's have a listen. listening with headphones (laughs) go back and listen to that bit with headphones again that is one of the most amazingly fantastically low notes i didn't know that note was singable oh yeah so it's part of this amazing um Uh, so it's part of this amazing russian choral tradition of basso profundo um that doesn't sound russian basso profundo (laughs) um which is like not just bass not just super bass but like it's boom, 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 baby. Funny facts: <laughs> Nicki Minaj, huge fan of the Russian Orthodox choral tradition. Black um, man, I can't get enough. Am I right? Oh god. Anyway, um, yeah. so Russia famed for having these super low bases. However, when um Rachmaninoff wrote this and gave it to the conductor who was conducting the premiere of this piece, mm. um, a bloke named Nikolai Danilin. Mm-hmm. I think um, and he was just like what what is this like that's not what humans can sing and the actual oh, quote right. he said bases like this are as rare as asparagus at Christmas <laughs> that was the quote he said they didn't like a bit of spag at Christmas uh, it's not asparagus season at Christmas mate fair enough <laughs> so there we go um, and 
Yeah. Oh, it's just such a fantastic sound, isn't it? The, yeah. That was one of the pieces he requested to be performed at his funeral, in fact. And it was. Um, Hope they got that B. Flat. Flat. B flat. Not just <laughs> Sorry, a B, whoop. it's a B flat. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I've got on that piece. Um, but if you, if you feel so inclined, definitely listen to the rest of it. It's full of... I mean, for me, honestly, some of the most beautiful choral writing, I think, full stop. Um, it's sort of, it's not just because it's in Russian, but it sort of, it sounds very, very typically Russian because it uh, it doesn't just belong to this Russian Orthodox liturgical tradition, but he sort of plays around with it. So Tchaikovsky actually wrote uh, a setting of the all-night visual text as well, but this... In my humble opinion, mm. um, I think sort of surpasses what Tchaikovsky did just in terms of How harmonic, dare you? <laughs> harmonic and melodic complexity. And yeah, just, fair it's enough. just really beautiful. So, I'm yeah. not really a fan of, um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of Tchaikovsky's core things. I think I uh-huh. said that to you earlier. Yeah. So I think this is, yeah, this is a little bit better. Nice. Sorry, Piotr. Is it good to get but kissed? Nice. Well, thank you for teaching me all about Tchaikovsky. You are so welcome. Thank you. Um, what have you learned today? Tell me what... Oh, this is such a teacher thing to do. Tell me uh, one thing you've learned before you leave the class. I have learned that he was a civil servant. That's, <laughs> That's clearly... <laughs> of all the things! That's the plus! I'm very sorry. But no, I'll take it. I've learned to just hear more of Tchaikovsky. Like, I'm embarrassing <laughs> you just haven't listened to that much Tchaikovsky. You've so learned gonna... that you have to go and see the Nutcracker, right? I do. Okay. That's... And what have you learned about Rachmaninoff? Um, I think there was something about his hands. I can't remember. I don't think I already um, mentioned that, I don't did think I? You did. No. Um, they were but... like decidedly average sized, I think, was the <laughs> upshot of that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I'm terrible. I, I really didn't listen to enough of Rachmaninoff beforehand. So I think. There we go. Well, we're going to go off and do our homework. Yeah. Please so, go off and do yours. Exactly. And if there's any composers that you feel woefully undereducated about, why not get in touch with us and we can educate you? Please do. So you can find us on Twitter. We're at That Classical. We're on Instagram. What's our Instagram, Kelly? At That Classical Insta. Very right. good. Please tell me that's right. <laughs> I gave him the most panicked look just then. You have no idea. That's um, right. At That Classical Insta. You can email us. We're on email at gmail.com. We are indeed. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We really Specifically, would. Specifically, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to leave us a little review on iTunes. Um, that really helps us out. So that'd be great if you leave us one of those. Thank you very much. And in otherwise, advance. in advance. <laughs> uh, yeah, see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bum 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 bum